20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. This is episode 341. I am your host, Andy Herman. You can always follow me on Twitter at Scani Sports. You can find my writing at Cheesehead TV. And I am insanely excited for today's show as we have superstar Packers defensive tackle Kenny Clark, who took away some time from his busy schedule to join me and chat about his career so far, what stood out to him about this offseason, and of course, I had to ask him who should Aaron Rodgers in paintball, so we'll see if he has the answer to that question or if maybe it remains a mystery. I'm going to play that interview for you in just a moment. I'm going to get right to it, but before I do so, I do want to quickly tell you about my good friends at the Ticket King. The Packaday Podcast is proudly sponsored by the Ticket King, and I hear all the time about people who complain that Packer tickets are just so insanely hard to come by, but the truth is you can find all of your Packer ticket needs at theticketking.com. But that's not all. Many of you listening to this might be looking for Bucks tickets, Brewers tickets, Badgers tickets. Maybe you're looking for tickets to your favorite concert at Alpine Valley or at Summerfest. Or maybe you want to check out John Moxley versus Kenny Omega at All Out in Chicago. No matter the ticket that you need, Ticket King's got you covered. And because you're a fan of the Packaday podcast, you can purchase any of your favorite tickets at 10% off by using promo code Packaday. That's promo code Packaday, all one word, no dashes, no spaces, to get your special 10% discount at theticketking.com. Now, without any further ado, here is my full interview with Packers defensive tackle, Kenny Clark. Joining me now is a man who needs no introduction. He is a former first-round pick by the Green Bay Packers out of UCLA in 2016 at the ridiculous age of 21 years old. He is a 6'3", 314-pound defensive lineman. He has 10.5 career sacks, including six last year in only 13 games. He was Pro Football Focus's 43rd highest rated player from 2018. I guarantee you he is a future Pro Bowler and All-Pro, and somehow he is still only 23 years old. Kenny Clark, thank you so much for taking the time to join me. I appreciate it so incredibly much. Oh yeah, no problem, man. This is a a fantastic uh, interview. I cannot wait to talk to you uh, and dig in a little bit about your time in Green Bay. Let's start off there. Before we kind of jump into the future and what's going to happen in 2019, tell me a little bit about your path to being a 20 to 21-year-old first-round draft pick out of UCLA. What was your path to that, and how did you kind of come into this league and really be so successful at such a young age? Uh, I just think my mindset, um, when I came came out, that was one of the, 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 the decisions that I made, uh, just talking with my parents and stuff, just uh, just explaining to them that I feel like I'm ready. I got the mindset to be ready for the league, and um, that I'll, I'll just be ready to go. And then um, we were, uh, yeah. And then as soon as I got out, I got out there, man. Just you know, just had to get a couple games under my belt, and uh, just you know, just get more experience with everything. And uh, I mean, it, it worked out for me just fine. So I gotta just keep doing what I'm doing. And yeah, I certainly see that when I, when I go back and watch your tape on the field. Was there a coach at UCLA or maybe a coach in Green Bay that helped you with your transition or maybe another player that really helped set you up for success? Well, my, first off, my college coach, uh, my college coach, he, he, he was a former uh, offensive line coach. Well, he actually he's, a, he's a, actually an offensive line coach at the, um, for Nevada now. So when I was playing, I mean, when, when I was playing at UCLA, um, he taught me a lot about just just about everything, just the grand scheme of things, uh, how offensive linemen are trying to block you, uh, the different 
approachable and learning and learning how people are trying to attack this, what gap they're trying to hit and everything. Just uh, just being able to learn all that stuff, it definitely helped me out uh, as far as the run game and stuff like that. And then, um, you know, you know, just Coach you know, Turbo when I first got here, uh, Coach Montgomery, and then um, I worked with a couple guys uh, during the offseason uh, on my pass rush and stuff. I've been getting better at that every year. I fly guy out and, and I, I go to work with him every year. And uh, that, that process has just been working out for me these last couple of years. So I'm just trying to just continue to, to get better at that. Well, that certainly shows up, and that's, I think, been one of the really fun aspects is you came in as a rookie, and you certainly uh, fit the bill of a first-round pick right away, but to see you kind of grow, you had your most sacks this past year, but it wasn't just sacks. Obviously, it's holding up at the point of attack. It's getting pressures. Uh, There's obviously a lot that goes into playing the interior of a defensive line. The player I've actually compared you to, and I'm not sure how much you saw of him growing up, was Kevin Williams, the former defensive tackle for the Minnesota Vikings. He was a multi-time All-Pro and Pro Bowler, uh, obviously one half of that Williams while in Minnesota. I never love comparing a Green Bay Packer to a Minnesota Viking, but when I watch a lot of your tape back-to-back, I see a lot of Kevin Williams uh, in you, but is there a player that you really looked up to or maybe still look up to as an interior defensive lineman that you kind of modeled your game after? I mean, I was a Baltimore Ravens fan, so I grew up watching a lot of Hulotinata. Uh, I loved his game. Um, I grew up watching uh, Geno Atkins a lot, and uh, those those two guys that I, that, that I really I still watch their film to this day, and uh, you know, just just growing, just growing up, um, you know, just being a kid, just watching TV, or you know, when I was in college, just watching TV, uh, watching Geno Atkins, his power game, uh, the stuff that he can do, and then although he's not a, yeah, he just had a fantastic all-around game, and uh, he played the nose tackle position too. So um, I kind of try to try to you know look at those guys and see the different things that that, that they that they do to their game and how they play, and uh, I try to. Awesome. I I could certainly see a lot of those traits in your game as well. Um, Kind of on the flip side of that, who has been the toughest player that you've had to play against so far in your career? Maybe somebody that's been really difficult to kind of put a plan of attack against it and really kind of figure out. I'll probably have to go with uh, Alex Mack, Charles Frederick, Zach Martin, and uh, Sheriff from uh, the Redskins. Sure. Yeah, certainly a, a kind of a situation of iron sharpening, sharpening iron. When you've got, uh, you know, the ability to go up against, you know, two Pro Bowl caliber players and Josh Sitton and TJ Lang every day in practice, I'm sure that kind of helped you quite a bit. And then kind of the last question I have for you about kind of your time in Green Bay so far before we kind of transition to the future is tell me a little bit about what it's like playing next to Mike Daniels. Uh, what has he kind of been able to bring to the table where you've maybe been able to pick some things up off of him and vice versa? And how, you know, how eager is he to get back on the field and how close is the key to getting back on the field? Really, I mean, with Mike, uh, I think the, the biggest thing I took away from him is just the mentality that you got to have to play in this league. you got to be aggressive. you got to be, you know, when you really release off of blocks, you got when you get off the of blocks, you got to break the hands down. you got to really release off these guys. You can't really be, like, arm tackling and, and thinking it's college, you know, going in here. Uh, it's a grown man's game. And I learned that real quick uh, from day one since Mike been here. Uh, he's been a tremendous leader and uh, just, you know, vocally 
take care of his body. So he, he's, he's definitely 100% a pro. Um, as far as injury, I, mean, I don't want to get into, you know, his injury and stuff. I'd rather him, you know, be able to tell you about his injury and all that. But, sure. Um, I mean, he, he's, he, he's good, man. You know, he's a good guy to have in the locker room. No, I certainly appreciate that. And I, I can just say from, you know, going back and watching all the tape of you guys, especially over the course of the last couple of years, I know obviously you guys in the interior of the defense, sometimes you do a lot of stuff that doesn't get all the flash and isn't always the sexiest, but seeing you guys consistently hold up at the point of attack and being able to penetrate from the middle to kind of force things to the outside, uh, it's just a real joy to be able to watch both of you guys in the interior and uh, just kind of, again, set things up for the players on the outside and the rest of the defense as a whole, uh, just from a down-to-down basis and a consistency standpoint uh, like I said it's just a joy to watch so really appreciate that out of both of you guys oh yeah definitely man uh, you know that's, I mean both of us were, were drafted here and uh, you know most of the guys that we got were drafted here and, you know from, from Turbo to, to Montgomery uh, from, you know both of our defense coordinators that we had here uh, they always talk about you know getting pressure up the middle uh, being able to get off blocks being able to you know to, to stay Stay strong at the point of attack. So um, that stuff is, 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 is you know, it's, it's just hitting. It. It's just in our head every day, and uh, that's just something that we got to continuously uh, get better at and try to be the best, you know, group of defense alignment uh, to do that in the league. No, that makes sense. And like I said, that definitely shows up. So let's transition to 2019. Of course, there's a you know new coaching staff, uh, specifically, uh, obviously, head coach Matt LaFleur and a lot of the offensive coaches. You're really in a unique situation, one of the one of the few on the team who has the same position coach, the same coordinator, and really from a, even a, a locker room standpoint, that defensive, at least the interior defensive line group, is almost the same, save for Kingsley Kiki coming in and you know maybe Mo Wilkerson moving on. But you've maybe had the lead change of almost anyone on the team but tell me about some of the biggest changes that you've noticed so far kind of going from that Mike McCarthy era into the Matt LaFleur era I mean I already know I mean it's really just like a different you know vibe and uh, I mean I think that just you know just Coach LaFleur just being there period you know Coach McCarthy he's been there for so long um, so you know when, a, when another guy comes up and you hear a different voice uh, it's a lot different but um, I think the transition has been real smooth they, they bring the whole coaching staff, they bring a lot of energy. Uh, they're, they're excited. They're ready to go. And it's just cool, you know, to see that. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, we having a really, really good time, you know, and just excited for, you know, training camp to come to come upon us and for these preseason games to hit and, and get into the season and, and see how everything is. It's going good. Good. Well, that's certainly great to hear. And like you said, you can kind of see some of that upbeatness and that energy. You know, you've got Aaron Rodgers going on rants about Game of Thrones. You've got David Bakhtiari chugging beers. You've got softball games. And it just seems like there's a lot of energy. And of course, it's a new season and and hope always springs eternal this point in time and year. And a lot of free agents came in, some, you know, top draft picks, a new head coach. So I can see why maybe that energy would be there, but it's still uh, kind of a refreshing thing to see. And it certainly seems that people have taken uh, to that quite a bit. But you've obviously had a chance now to go against this offense and I know it's just OTAs and, and, and mini camps and the pads certainly aren't on yet but what are some of the differences that you've seen out of the offense just kind of playing against them so far and what about that Matt LaFleur offense is going to cause problems for defenses going forward? Man, uh, just, you know, they just so focused on the details, uh, just about, you know, how, you know, how things, how things go. Uh, as far as the scheme and all that, I mean, I don't want to get into all the scheme but, you know, just the just the details and, and you know how they go 
about the business and, you know, Aaron, Aaron's up there, he, you know, he's doing his thing, patrolling things, you know, the offensive line, they look really good. So, I mean, I'm, I'm excited, you know, I'm excited about it. Um, you know, we, we just got to go out there and we, we got to stop people. And uh, I truly believe they're going to be able to put up, put up a lot of points on people. So, uh, defense got to gotta do their job. Well, I think Packer fans are going to be excited to hear that. Now, on the flip side, you guys have added a ton of pieces on defense. Adrian Amos comes over from Chicago, first-round pick Darnell Savage, first-round pick Rayshon Gary. You sign Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith. You get a lot of guys back from injury. What's the ceiling for this defense overall? And maybe what's uh, some of the key goals? I know turnovers were you know a little bit difficult to come by from a season ago. I'm sure that's something that's being preached a little bit. But what is the ceiling, and just how good can you guys be on defense? Uh, I think we could be great. I think we could be great. You know, just just with all the additions that we had, and uh, just just the guys that we drafted and everything. Um, everybody's pretty much motor, you know they're motored in pretty good, motored in really nice. And uh, you know, you know it's just the beginning. You know, it's OTA. It was OTA, so uh, everything's coming together. But um, I think we we can be a really uh, really good defense, man. And, uh, just the things we got worked on, we got to just work on being consistent. You know, last year. It was a couple games last year where, you know, we put on, like, a dominant performance, and it was like, you know, wow, like, you know, these guys these guys, these guys can be dominant. And, um, you know, we have a couple games where, you know, we have a couple losses sometimes, and uh, that player dropped down, and, and you know, we won't, we won't be stopping guys as well. So, um, as long as we can be consistent, we got we got to be consistent in, uh, in turnovers, man. Turnovers, I mean, we do a good job. We do a good job in a lot of areas uh, on defense, and we can convert. If we can, you know, uh, you know, get the ball out, sack fumbles, or you know, interceptions, or you know, whatever it is, uh, we got to get the ball out, man, and, and make plays for the offense to make the and make the offense make the, the field shorter for the offense. So um, that's that's been a huge emphasis that we we're trying to put on uh, as a defense, uh, just in turnovers. Yeah, and certainly an influx of talent and uh, an influx of playmakers on that defense. And, you know, just watching it a season ago, there were certainly times where there were players in positions to make plays and just the ball didn't bounce the right way and some things like that. So hopefully some of those balls start bouncing Green Bay's way in 2019. And like I said, a lot of talent that's going to help out that uh, initiative and goal as well. So uh, a lot of things to be super excited about. One of the things that I always like to ask uh, of any player that comes on the show is, has there been a player that's really stood out to you so far, and again, I know it's just OTAs and mini camps, but maybe a player that's you know making a second or third year jump. Maybe it's somebody who's taking on more of a leadership role. Maybe it's somebody who's come in from free agency or the draft. But is there maybe one player on offense and one player on defense that's kind of stood out to you so far? On defense, I'll say I'll say uh, just you know Montrevious. I think he had a really good uh, OTA, and he just I think he got a real good understanding of you know what's going on and. Just you know, just his, his mentality, how he's been going about things, and uh, the work he's been putting in. Uh, I'm excited to see you know how he does this year. And then uh, offense, uh, I probably have to say Trevor Davis. He's been making a lot of plays. You know, when I'm on the field, and I turn around. It's, it looks like he's making another you know crazy catch. So you know, I don't really, I don't really look at what's too much of what's going on, but uh, on offense, but Trevor's been catching my eye a little bit. So. Um, I would say, yeah, Trevor and my trainees. 
Well, that's awesome to hear. And, you know, certainly uh, I was out at minicamp uh, a couple weeks back and, uh, you know, I know Trevor Davis had a really big, impressive catch on the sideline. And uh, I also saw Montrevious Adams kind of explode into the backfield and kind of get some penetration a little bit. But, uh, you know, f- certainly from Mon- Montrevious Adams standpoint, uh, you talk about a defensive line, you know, that already has yourself and Mike Daniels, Dean Lowry, um, and some young guys too, a Fadol Brown, a Tyler Lancaster. You know, there was a, you know, that third round pick expectation out of Montrevious Adams and, uh, for him to kind of take that next step and provide, you know, even that much more depth would be super exciting. And from a Trevor Davis, of course, you know, Packer fans have heard uh, all, all about, of course, you know, the, the rookies from a season ago, including uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Equinemia St. Brown and uh, Geronimo's coming back, Devante's coming back. But to, to have a guy like Trevor Davis, uh, you know, start making some noise, that would uh, provide a ton of depth on the offensive end as well. So that's super awesome to hear. And, and like I said, I, I think a lot of Packer fans will be excited about both of those names that you brought up. Uh, just a couple last questions here, Kenny. You've obviously got a, a very big, uh, you know, training camp coming up, you know, that four preseason games. Uh, you then start a, a massive grind of a 16-game schedule with a bye week mixed in the middle and hopefully a long playoff run that brings you into February. Uh, how do you start mentally and physically preparing yourself for the grind of a season that's about to come up, a, a six, seven-month uh, grind? How do you start preparing yourself for that in this month beforehand? Uh, man, it's just starts now, you know, um, you guys, I gotta really put in the work, uh, you know, I plugged my mind a little bit this, this, this last month, and, uh, just, you know, spend time with family, spend time with friends, and, and just get to work, just get to work in the, in, in the weight room, and, and, and on the field, and, uh, you know, that, that's really what, that's really what it takes, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna get out what you put in, so, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big believer in, uh, in, in what you, in what you put out, what you put in is what you're going to get out. So um, I'm a huge believer in that. And uh, just every single day, you know, Monday through Friday, you know, you got to just put in the work. Put in the work. And, you know, I, I, go, I work out here down in uh, Thousand Oaks at Proactive. And, uh, you know, that stuff's been doing, been, been working, working out for me real well. So uh, just, I, I'm just, I'm on the plan. You know, I, I, I stay true to my diet. And uh, I just try to, Well, whatever it is that you're doing and whatever it is that you've been doing over the course of the past few years, uh, definitely don't change it too much because you've had a ton of success. And like I said, it's been a joy watching you on the field. The last question is, of course, the most important one here. Uh, and there's been some buzz around the internet about exactly what happened. I know you recently had uh, you know, a, a uh, mini camp session where you guys went out and played paintball and uh, conspicuously somebody shot Aaron Rodgers in the face and no one exactly knows who or why. Uh, there's been some rumors. Can you confirm Firm who may or may not have shot Aaron Rodgers in the face during the paintball activity. Man, I, I don't know. I don't know who it was either. I, I wasn't even. Uh, I wasn't even out there on on, on the team, so I, I, I didn't. I didn't even know. <laughs> I saw. I saw. I saw Jair get shot up. I, I saw that. Like, like he was like five feet right in front of me. <laughs> I saw when Jair got shot up. But I, I didn't see when uh when, when Aaron got shot in the face. 
<laughs> well, no worries. I guess uh, it's just one of those things that's uh, meant to remain a mystery. Kenny, I cannot thank you enough. I do not have words in my vocabulary to express uh, how much I appreciate you coming on today. I am so incredibly excited to watch you this season and watch the Packers have a, a dominant performance on defense led by you in the middle of the field. Thanks for taking the time. Enjoy your time off uh, before the grind of the season starts, and uh, we will all be cheering you on this season as the 2019 Packers make their way to the Super Bowl, of course. Thanks so much. Oh, yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I just want to give another huge thank you to Kenny Clark for taking the time to join me this past Friday. Kenny was absolutely amazing throughout the process as well as in the interview, and I sincerely cannot wait until he finds even more ways to improve upon his game in 2019. When I was talking to Kenny Clark and I told him that he was so fun to watch on tape, that was not hyperbole. If you have the opportunity ever to just take some time and watch him and Mike Daniels in the middle of that defensive line, Take the time to do so because it is so fun to watch just how they dominate inside and kind of force everything to the outside, Uh, especially Kenny Clark, who just holds up at the point of attack. He sets the line of scrimmage back about five yards. He cannot be moved off of his spot. And then he just has the rare strength and athleticism to kind of manhandle his man, get into the line of scrimmage and make plays. So uh, legitimately, sincerely, take the time sometime and just keep your eyes on Kenny Clark. Even if you watch the game live and have to DVR it and kind of go back and re-watch it, just watching for, for Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels in the middle, take the time to do so because you'll learn a lot just by kind of watching those two specific players. I thought a couple of the main takeaways from his interview, of course, uh, were his comments on Trevor Davis and Montrevious Adams. And that's a question I always love to ask uh, any player that comes on and will certainly continue to ask players in the future. But uh, you talk about two players who have have made an impact on Kenny Clark and Trevor Davis. This isn't the first time where we've started to hear some buzz about him uh, in OTAs and minicamps so far. And uh, of course, Trevor Davis has had a little bit of a, a history of showing up when the pads haven't been on and then having some issues maybe with injury or just consistency once the pads do come on. But uh, this does seem a little bit different for Trevor Davis. And even some of the plays that I noticed out of him uh, when I was there for mini camps and OTAs, uh, it just felt like he had a little bit more pep in his step. It seemed like he was a little bit more confident. And let's be real, this is it for Trevor Davis. He's in the last year of his deal. He is battling for a roster spot, you know, in a huge way. So Geronimo Allison, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Devontae Adams barring injury, those three players are making the roster and it would be a fairly big shock if Equinemia St. Brown didn't make the roster as well. So that's four spots that are probably taken. Um, If you haven't had a chance to go back and listen to my show from last week, listen to all the advantages that Jamon Moore has and his shot to make this roster. I mean, he has everything going in his favor from draft status to all the different advantages that he has in his contract over the other players. It would be a little bit surprising if Jamon Moore didn't make this team. So that really could bring you down to Trevor Davis versus Jake Kumaro and all of the things that Trevor Davis has had to go through with the injuries and just kind of being the back of the roster guy. And then last year he has to watch as all of those rookies and Jake Kumaro and even Alan Lazard, they're all getting chances to play. And, uh, you know, Trevor, of course, had some of the injuries. And, And now this is it. This is his opportunity to come in and shine. He's working in a new system, a system that should fit him very, very well. You see a lot of fake reverses and jet sweep action coming from the receivers. That is tailor-made for a player like Trevor Davis. You see a lot of bubble screens and a lot of different routes that are run off of that. That is tailor-made for Trevor Davis. So 
This is an offense that fits him well. Green Bay is desperately in need of somebody who can make their name as a returner, and Trevor Davis has that in spades. Uh, Trevor Davis can be a very good gunner on the opposite side of special teams. So you love hearing this. You love hearing that he has been an impact player uh, in practices so far. It's up to him to carry that over. It's up to him to make it the team, and it's up to him to finally have the impact that he's capable of having. And if you've never seen the spray chart or the spider chart that Trevor Davis has in, as an athlete, I mean, this is a 99th percentile athlete, basically. He has the size, the speed, the athleticism. He has everything that you want. If you just took his raw traits and you said that Green Bay would have taken this type of player in the first or second round of the draft, fans would be salivating over his RAS score and all those measurables that that Green Bay fans and myself love to talk about. He has that level of upside. He just has to put it together. And again, if he can be that, if he can uh, be the player that he's shown in in mini camps and OTA so far, a huge, huge win for this Matt LaFleur offense early in the process. Hopefully he can continue to carry that over. And then Montrevious Adams, third round pick. Uh, Personally, wasn't a huge fan of the choice at the time, but uh, you definitely saw some of the flashes, even going back to his college tape. And I thought last year when kind of the season got a little bit out of hand and uh, Tyler Lancaster was getting more playing time, Fidel Brown got some playing time. I thought if you really watched, you could kind of see some of the flashes that Montrevious Adams showed on tape. And I'd even kind of pointed a couple of those out in my film reviews last year. And I think the big thing for Adams is just consistency. And I think there's no better scenario than him being surrounded by guys like Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark, even a guy like Tyler Lancaster. Because the the first thing is he's got to hold up at the point of attack. You'll see Montrevious Adams on the ground at times. You'll see him not always hold up at the point of attack. So start there. And then he has that size and the agility that you really want out of a big man who has the ability to maybe even make some impact on passing down. So hold up at the point of attack for a show, some consistency, play with good pad level. And uh, once you get kind of those fundamentals down, then use some of that athleticism, use some of that agility, use that arm over move that you have. That's so, uh, you know, that, that, that can really make an impact in this league. Use some of those tools, use some of those traits, but get the fundamentals down first. And, and by all accounts from uh, Kenny Clark, it sounds like he's done that. It sounds like he's put the time in. And again, that's something that's really, really exciting. I don't think you know, when Packer fans have been talking about, at least originally, we've heard a little bit about Trevor Davis now, but when we've heard all of you know these players that could potentially making this big jump going into 2019, I don't think earlier in the year, we really thought about Trevor Davis and Montrevious Adams. And these guys don't need to be superstars, right? They don't need to make this massive jump. But if Montrevious Adams can be a legit player in the rotation on this defense, along with Dean Lowry and with Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels and Tyler Lancaster, guys like uh, Rayshon, Gary and Zadarius Smith kicking inside at times as well. Uh, You are just looking at a plethora of options, an embarrassment of riches at the interior of that defensive line that Mike Pettin would have the ability to play with. So that would be a really nice advantage if he does in fact take that step. And again, he just has to play a really nice 20 to 25 snaps a game. And that makes that defense a heck of a lot better. And then same thing with Trevor Davis, even if he can be that, that guy on special teams on, you know, both as a gunner and as a returner, and even if he can be that number four or five receiver and maybe play 10 specialized snaps a game and play those at a high level. Again, they don't have to be all pro type of players. If they can be consistent players in the role that's given to them, both of these players can help the team in 2019. And I think that's all you can ask for really at this point. And anything you get on top of that will just be the cherry on top. 
That kind of does it for me in regards to the Kenny Clark interview. I did have one other thing I wanted to quickly touch base on today, and that's been a little bit of this debate about who might be the the starting left guard for the Packers uh, going into this season. You know, I think this all got started, of course, when the Packers signed Billy Turner to a big four-year contract that is a starting guard contract, and by all accounts, he is going to be the starter at right guard coming up uh, in this season. But that leaves the left guard as the question mark, and then that uh, even got you know brought up a little bit more once the Packers used their second-round choice by selecting Elton Jenkins. And I think if you're kind of reading tea leaves a little bit, it's not super difficult to kind of connect the dots and say, you know what, they went out and got two brand new guards. Lane Taylor was a little bit up and down last season. He showed some inconsistencies that he didn't really have the season prior. And when you started to take a look at Lane Taylor's contract, uh, when you kind of mix in, again, the fact that they signed Turner and the fact that they drafted Jenkins, you could kind of put it together kind of similarly to what happened with Josh Sitton a couple years back, uh, where he was cut in favor of Lane Taylor so that Lane Taylor could grab that starting spot and be a much cheaper option at left guard. So you kind of start reading all those things together and it's not difficult to come to the conclusion that maybe in a new system with Matt LaFleur that he'd like a little bit more uh, of a dominant presence in the running game that potentially Jenkins could provide. So I, I see why people are jumping to that conclusion. However, I thought Aaron Nagler brought up a couple key points today. And first and foremost, he mentioned that let's wait just a little bit until we get the pads on before we start anointing rookie starters at left guard and taking uh, the snaps of a player who for the most part of the last two years has been a really nice starter in this league. And secondly, let's not forget that you know, and Aaron mentioned this as well, that Jason Spriggs was a player that when he was drafted in the second round, people were wondering if maybe David Bakhtiari should kick inside, if Brian Bulaga should kick inside so that Spriggs should start at tackle. And Green Bay has not exactly had a huge run of second round players who have come in and made an immediate impact. You know, uh, Josh Jackson last year was supposed to come in and potentially be a starter right away. He played a lot, but he didn't ever really play at a starting caliber level. Josh Jones was another example of a player who kind of came in and people were expecting great things. And he actually started off pretty well, had that great game against the Bengals, but uh, never really followed that up. And I think if you just kind of consistently go back, even players like Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson, did they contribute right away? Uh, They did, but they were not ready to be full-time starting players in their second year. You can probably look back at Kevin King and say that he was ready to start and play some heavy snaps in his rookie year because he was, but I kind of think of Kevin King as more of a first round draft pick because I think they would have taken him anyway had they not moved down to the very top of round two, but you could make that argument. Uh, you could make the argument for Eddie Lacy that he was ready to come in and play uh, from his uh, start of his uh, rookie year as a second round pick, but more often than not, when you are drafting second round players, they need a little bit of time to develop, and I think Elton Jenkins is going to be the exact uh, same situation there. And then lastly, if you kind of look back at Lane Taylor's last two years, so first of all, 2017, Lane Taylor had a really nice year. In fact, he graded out as my fourth highest offensive player in 2017 and was really consistent throughout the whole course of the year. I only really graded him negatively in two games. There was one play where he had the super slightest of negatives, which was basically a neutral game. But you know, two negative games in 2017, he really had three negative games in 2018, but there was a stretch from week five until week nine where he wasn't really playing the best. Not sure if injuries really played a part there, but 
He started the season great, had that stretch from week five to week nine and week eight against the Rams. He really struggled. Guess what? A lot of guards struggled against the Rams. There's a player named Aaron Donald you may have heard of, but he definitely struggled that game. And that was kind of the, um, you know, kind of a breaking point a little bit. And then uh, a couple weeks later, he really bounced back and started playing some good football again and, and closed the season out strong. So you're talking about five or six games in the course of two seasons where he's had, you know, maybe a couple rough games or rough patches here or there. Uh, for the rest of the last two years, he's really been a positive player for this offense. So let's just let this play out a little bit. And I'm not saying Jenkins may not start the season at left guard as the starting left guard. Could that happen? Sure. Could they want to get off of Lane Taylor's contract and, and maybe save some money if if Lane if uh, Elton Jenkins is ready to hop into that role? Sure. It's happened before. We saw it with Josh Sitton. But until I see something different, until I see that Lane Taylor isn't the best starting option for this team and provide some versatility uh, across the offensive line, uh, I'm not ready to cut ties and I'm not ready to anoint Elton Jenkins as the starter quite yet. Long-term, Elton Jenkins is probably a starter at guard and probably at left guard. But in 2019, until proven otherwise, uh, I'm definitely taking Lane Taylor, uh, like I said, until Elton Jenkins proves me differently. That does it for me today. I hope you really enjoyed today's interview with Kenny Clark. Again, a huge thank you to him. I also hope you've been enjoying our 365 day a year podcast. Uh, This has been just an amazing endeavor for us over the course of almost a year now. I want to say a huge thank you to the team that helps put this together every single day, day in and day out. They've just been phenomenal to work with. But if if you've enjoyed a podcast like today with Kenny Clark, in our first year, we've had guests like Kenny Clark, Tom Crabtree, Tim Boyle, Aaron Nagler, Kelly Price, Lily Zhao, Joe Marino, Ben Solak, Trevor Sikama, Ben Fennell, Justice Mosqueda, Michelle Bruton, Thor Nystrom, Jersey Al, Peter Bukowski, Corey Benke, just to say the least, and just to name a few, there are definitely more than that that I'm sure I'm forgetting as well. But we've had a lot of amazing guests. We've had a team of about 25 people that have brought you a brand new episode every single day, and we're just getting started. We're not slowing down. We're continuing to pick up momentum. But if you really want to support that, if you want to support getting a new podcast every single day, 365 days a year, it would mean so much to us. So if that's something that you're interested in, go to our Twitter page, go to the link in our Twitter bio, and it's going to give you the opportunity to contribute to our cause. And we would appreciate it so much. We have an amazing group of people that really take time out of their day. This is a not-for-profit, at least up to this point, endeavor that we've been doing. And uh, it's just been a labor of love. The team does an amazing job. And if you're interested in supporting them and continuing to have content like players like Kenny Clark today and more and more amazing interviews and better sound quality and all those sorts of things, we would really appreciate your contributions. If you're interested in doing that, again, go to our Twitter page, click on the bio, and you can get all the information that you need there to contribute to the Packaday podcast. Again, that does it for me today. Make sure to check in on Jake and Ross tomorrow as they continue to break down uh, the top 10 players that Green Bay will be facing in 2019. Tomorrow, they're going to be discussing the defensive linemen. But thanks so much for listening. Make sure to go out to theticketking.com and use promo Packaday to get your discount on tickets. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go! (laughs) 